Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to Jada's Digest Podcast. Today we're going to have a heart-to-heart and we are going to talk about something that's heavy. It is heavy. And I think it takes a lot of inner work to be able to talk about what we're going to talk about today. Yes, it is very personal, but it definitely needs to be something that we talk about more often. I don't know if it should be like a regular conversation, but it definitely needs to be known that in the space that we are in, in the wellness space, in the chronic illness space, something that is not talked almost ever is where the professional is now. Okay. That would be like one, like a person, a a professional, a doctor, a practitioner, a nutritionist, a you name it, a therapist, you name it. Where are they now in their lives? How are they doing mentally, physically, right? And where were they before? What was the pivotal point that got them to be like, this is how I want to build my business. This is how I want to build my practice. This is how I want to do, right? There's so many practitioners. And actually last night, Last night, I went to a networking, in-person networking event, and it was about nine women, and two of them were not even in a business. One was a teacher, and the other, and I forgot what the other one was, to be completely honest, but they both, I just remember there were two women that they had so many ideas to start a business, but they just didn't know what to do. And this is what I wish more people talk about. Now, my four like realms or my four uh, pillars, if you will, of what I talk about is self-advocacy, transparency, sustainability, and efficacy. Now, all those four are literally built in within my practice. Notice there, I didn't say organic eating. I didn't, I didn't even mention anything about nutrition. I mentioned nothing about, well, we all know supplements. Definitely not going to be anything about supplements. I didn't say anything about, I don't know, just other things that other practitioners are heavily talking about, like inner child, inner child, or, you know, stuff like that. Like that, not not because I'm against it. Let's understand I am not against this, okay? But it's just something that I am seeing and that I knew that if I were to have my own practice and if I were to have my own business, I'm going to do this the way that it feels so aligned to me that no matter what happens in my life, I know that I'm okay. I like literally my values and my morals are still aligned with my online practice. But this came from somewhere. Like why would my four pillars of how I have built my online practice, why would it be those four things? Why isn't it? inner child, because I do talk a little bit about inner child. Why isn't it about nutrition? I talk a lot about nutrition. Why isn't it about bowel movements? I talk a lot about bowel movements, a lot. (laughs) I even have a masterclass all about it. So why? Why is that not the, why is none of those, why are they not? We're going to talk about it. The main idea of why I wanted to create my own practice and create it so different, so different. I realize that it is so different, but sometimes so different is kind of hard to grasp 
But one of the reasons is because where I was before this. And with that being said, where I was before this was in an extremely dark place. And when I say before, I started this business when I was pregnant with my daughter. So my my pregnancy, my daughter's pregnancy, did my daughter's pregnancy, does that sound right? When I was pregnant with my daughter. So I want to rewind before I was even pregnant. And I'm actually going to rewind when I actually left a very abusive relationship. It was my first ever abusive relationship. The man financially abused me, sexually abused me, verbally abused me. The man was not a good man, okay? But because that was my first relationship and because that was a relationship that I thought it was normal because the macho-ness, right, of the community that I was in at the time stood firm. It stood firm that those things are normal and that other women go through this exact thing. It's been it's been such a long road to literally get out of that that group, to get out of that mentality, to stop normalizing things that are truly abusive. And so I got out. I got out of this relationship. And this is verbatim how I got out. I was with a man for just shy of two years. And it was kind of on and off because, again, there was so many wrong things that this man was doing. And it was hard until about one and a half years into this on and off relationship. I moved in with him and I was working and I was going to school at the time as well. And I was already in debt. I was already in about $23,000 debt already. So this was when I was what, like 19, 20 years old. This was also the same time. So around that time I had done, like the reason why I was in debt was literally medical debt. I was not even in debt from school. I managed to pay at Wayne's Day everything through cash and credit cards and things like that. And then I would slowly pay off the credit cards. But the $23,000 in debt at the time, which equals to like with inflation and everything now equals to about $50,000 in debt was because of medical. So this is how many specialists I went to. This is how many labs I took. This is how many tests I did. This is how many visits I've done, everything. And at the time, I also had my parents' insurance because in the United States, you can have your parents' insurance until you're 26. So you can imagine, you can imagine how many things I have tried and how many specialists I've had, right? And one of the first episodes I talked about how at one time I had like eight dermatologists and that that was no exaggeration. I really did until I finally stuck to like two and then I realized both of them are just not ideal for me and then I left them too, you know? So I moved in with a man and who shall rename nameless, of course. I moved in with him and it was rough. It was rough. Like I said, I thought it was normal. I thought it was, I thought these things were supposed to happen until I want to say like about a month moving in with him. I would cry myself to sleep. Like I literally would cry myself to sleep. And I said, one day I'm going to escape from here. And it's funny because the word escape was literally what would come to my mind. It wasn't like I was leaving the relationship. It wasn't like anything like that. We were not engaged. We were not married. Literally, it was just boyfriend and girlfriend of relationship. And I remember thinking that I had to escape. And I would cry myself to sleep over and over and over and over again. And 
it was around my birthday around like april may and it wasn't until october of that same year that i had made up my mind that by the end of this month in the next 30 days i'm going to escape in some way the weird thing is that the reason why i felt like an escape was because again i was financially abused and at the time i also didn't have a car and i was using his car at the time and the reason I didn't have a car was not actually not because of him. It was because my car just kept taking literal, like it just, it was breaking down. It literally would break down in the middle of the highway. It would break down like at a stop sign. Like it was just not a good car. It was a Dodge Durango. It was my mom's car and it just would break down. It just keep breaking down. With that being said, that's, that's a whole story within itself as well. But anyways, we do what we can with what we have, right? And... I told myself I would leave and one night he was coming home like really late because of work or whatever. He was held up at work or something. I don't literally remember the reason why he came home late. And I think that's another thing about like trauma that I think our brain wants to keep us safe and say like, that's not a thing you need to remember. And so I just remember that it was October and that I was like, I'm going to leave early in the morning where no matter what, he can't stop me. He can't do nothing. And I knew when he woke up and I knew every single move that he did because when you're in those relationships, you know, you you even know like when he turns on the water, you even know the pressure of the water. Like, right? You know those things. So I said, I'm going to leave early in the morning. And that morning, something happened where he woke up at 4 a.m. and he was awake. I was like, oh my God. I'm never going to be able to leave this relationship. I'm never going. This is this going to be my life. It's going to be my life, man. And I got into that stuck freeze mode where I was like, oh, my God, I'm never going to be happy. I'm never going to heal. I'm going to have to keep doing all these labs. I'm going to have to keep doing all these things to my body. And that was like elimination diets. And that was not eating. And that was being on the verge of having bulimia. And that was that. was that. And then the day progressed. I called out of work. I was a gymnastics coach at the time. And I called off work. I called my friend, my best friend. And I said, I'm leaving this situation and I'm leaving this house now. I need you to come pick me up and you take me wherever you want. I don't care. We can go to your house. We can go to my house. I don't care, but I need to leave this house. Sure enough, she's like, I can't come during the day because I have work. But in the morning, first thing, I said, fabulous. I spent the whole rest of the night packing and like, okay, what what am I going to bring? What are the things that I actually need to where if he comes home, he's not going to notice. He's not going to know that I plan on leaving. So I did that. I did not sleep that night. And sure enough, at 4 a.m., my best friend came to pick me up. And that day, we got a tattoo together. And it is the only tattoo that I have. <laughs> it is the only tattoo. And as as they say, right, like, once you get one tattoo, you're going to want one forever. Okay, I'm here to tell you. This was when I was 20. Yes, I was 20 at the time. And now I'm 31. And I do not have another tattoo. So don't let anybody fool you. But that tattoo means so much to me. And the tattoo is to infinity. So I have to infinity and she has the ambient. It is 
pretty much on like the front of our rib cage. And when we stand together, because we are like the same height, when we stand together, it literally says to infinity and beyond. And that is really the day that I also realized that I actually get to choose. Hmm. I actually do get to choose, even if the choice is not ideal. It is not ideal the way that I escaped. It is not the the ideal way of doing these things. By the time I moved by myself, so when I got my own condo, so this is so this is fast forward a little bit because then I moved back in with my parents and everything was okay pretty much. I did have a lot of flare-ups and I did have a lot of a lot of mental illnesses going on, including severe depression after. And that was hard. That was very hard. I'm not trying to like minimize that part of my life. But when I moved into my condo by myself, I realized exactly how much health is wealth. And I have tried in so many different ways and I have worked so many odd jobs and I've done so many things to where I did not have a social life. I did not have, you know, oh, you know, what are you doing Friday night? Oh, what are you doing Saturday night? Oh, like, what are you doing? I didn't. And when I moved into the condo, I literally would ignore in order for me to go out on the Fridays and Saturdays and comebacks on Sundays and stuff like that. I literally would ignore my responsibilities and say, it doesn't matter. I'm working my nine to five and on Fridays and Saturdays, I'm excluding that part of me as if there was two sides to me. And if you're listening to this and you're like, dude, I literally feel like there's two sides. It's because that's the situation that you're in right now. The situation that I'm about to tell you right here, right now. You are so overwhelmed with just keeping up that you cannot see the future. That you are having no inspiration and no, you're not lazy. Before you even go down that rabbit hole, because I see you, you are not lazy. You literally have, there's no inspiration. There is possibly a mental illness going on, whether it's anxiety, mental, or, oh my God, (laughs) anxiety, depression, that mental illness, maybe even panic, maybe insomnia, right? You're not lazy. You're not lazy. You are lacking the inspiration to move on. Also, that is the other, this is like one half. And then the other half of you is what's the point? There is no future. Just how when I saw that he woke up at 4 4 a.m. and I'll, and that was the time that I also wanted to leave that house for that godforsaken house. It was the same my mind keep keep it kept going on this cycle of yeah, this is this is my life. I am not going to be happy and this is all there is to life. That's it. And that's like severe depression setting in already, right? Well, when I moved into my condo, I, instead of like kind of moving on with my life, I kind of just wallowed and like, I call it like the limbo of in between, in between existing and making a decision to keep moving forward. And that's like that limbo that I was in. I moved into my condo and it was eye-opening. It was eye-opening how hurt I was, but, and this is another thing about why I believe hell is wealth. My cousin that had passed away, she passed away at 19 years old from overdose. Okay, I'm going to get emotional. My cousin at the time, as much as, I I don't think she ever knew this, but my cousin at the time saved me from going down a much darker hole. She used to come to my condo and 
should say tushi. Tushi is tushi is not but. <laughs> tushi in Romanian is auntie or aunt. She would come knocking on my door at 12, 1 a.m., 2 a.m. And she's like, I just want to be clean for a few days. Can I hang out here? And I'm like, yeah, absolutely. And we would spend days together, two days, three days, sometimes five days, sometimes a week, sometimes a little bit longer, depending on really her body and and what she was going through. And we would stay up and talk. And it was really assuring that even if I wasn't okay, I could still help someone else. And I think that, I think that's why helping others in the way that we can in really sticking to that point of we do what we can when we can, that's where this is coming from. And I would, and I would try to help her and talk to her. And there were so many days that I would just like, wow, like, wow, she stayed three or four days at my house and like, drug-free, alcohol-free, you know, and all that she wanted was someone to talk to and we would go get ice cream. She would come with me to work. I was, at the time, I was a manager at a at a granite fabrication place and she would come with me and we would have lunch together and we would pack our lunches and then we would go for a walk and then we would come back home and then we would watch movies and then talk some more and then she used to want to put makeup on me. <laughs> it was a really good time. And that was when I realized there's more that I can do than being this limbo. And that was when I first started seeing how important it is to really honor and acknowledge this is what I'm feeling. So my cousin who passed away, she passed away while I was living in Spain. And that's a whole nother thing too, because I couldn't be there for her, for her funeral, because we had just applied for my husband's visa. And if we had left if I had left at the time, then I would never be able to come back to Spain ever. So that was a little rough. But she passed away. And that was something that ever ever since I lived by myself. And then I also had another, another oh, it was an okay relationship before I met my now husband. But it was at that time that I realized that I was so in debt and I was so miserable. But I was eating healthy. And this is the thing. I was eating healthy. And as as I mentioned just now, we were already like spending time outside. We were already doing the basics. The basics of what I say being the elite in the basics is spending 10 minutes outside every single day in whatever way, even if it's just to be on a phone call, even if it's to watch your dog go poop and pee, whatever it is, 10 minutes every single day, rain or shine. That is, that is my non-negotiable having quiet time daily, whether it's just, again, 10 minutes or 30 minutes or one hour, whether I'm reading a book, whether it's doing a meditation, whether it's journaling, but it's quiet, it's quiet work, as I say. Those are those are the, the non-negotiables and I've already been doing that, but I was so in debt. And it didn't seem plausible to be like, I'm going to get out of debt and I'm also going to find my best friend to marry and I'm also gonna have kids. That was not at all the thought even though it was a very deep-rooted desire. The desires that I've had since I was a child, those were my desires. Those were my, like, people ask, like, what are your hopes and your dreams? That was it, baby. That was it. But that didn't seem plausible. And this is where the, the two halves of yourself must mesh. 
you need to learn how to coexist. You can be, you can 100% be sad and also be happy. You can be in debt and also feel super, super rich. You can be having a chronic illness and feeling so good. You can literally have both. The coexisting and learning how to mesh those two sides of yourself is really how, A, I got out of debt as I was eating healthy, quote unquote, because to me healthy, I say quote unquote because healthy to me is just a mindset. <laughs> the fact that food even has a moral value is just wild to me, but it does. So I have to use words like healthy. I was eating, period. I was eating. I was eating meats and breads and milks and cheeses and fruits. I was eating it all. And that was the first time that I really felt myself actually eating all the foods. And this is also on that same token, how I actually lowered my grocery shopping, grocery shopping total, the receipts. They weren't no, no more like $300. They were like 100, 150, you know, per week. And so that pivot, that moment of, and I say moment because it was like a long, it was a long moment. It was about a year that it took me to see that, that I can coexist in that, well, health is wealth. A lot of people, when they hear health is wealth, I feel like a lot of people think of this image of like, I'm riding my Peloton in the morning and then I'm meditating and I'm eating salmon every single day and I'm just living a very posh life. Like I feel like that's the image that people get, but that is so far from the truth. Health is wealth to me means that no matter what situation I'm in in my life, I'm still physically and mentally okay. Let's repeat that. Health is wealth, meaning that as no matter what happens in your life, no matter what, and if you want to play crazy idea time, we can play crazy idea time. You have an abusive relationship? Mm -hmm. Yes, I'm talking about that too. Because our body is consistently regulating consistently. It's up to us to teach it how to regulate. Something that, again, me being in that relationship, I didn't know. I thought I had to literally sit in that unhappiness. But there were so many things that were at my fingertips that I did not use, like sunlight, therapy, nutrition, and gut health, and those things. Ladies and gentlemen, that's why it literally took me seven years to be consistent in what I do. Seven years. So if you're sitting here like, oh my God, it's it's been taking me like six months to try to eat diverse and, you know, heal my food relationship. Like, dang girl, like I'm proud of you because it took me seven. So you're ahead of the game, my friend. <laughs> but you can coexist. You can very much say, I don't feel like I'm extravagant, but you can 100% do the things that make you feel good. You have that choice. You have that choice to say, you know, even if I'm in this crappy situation, even if I am in debt, even if I am, you know, in a terrible relationship, even if I'm in a broken home, even if I come from a broken home, 
even if I don't have the job of my dreams and I'm so fed up with my nine to five, even no matter what, no matter what, you have the choice to feel better. Stop letting circumstances rule you because that's what got us here in the first place is circumstances. Get yourself out of those circumstances. And it first starts with you. It first starts with escaping. And let's rewind real quick. I did not do it by myself. I called up my friend to help me. I didn't call a taxi. I didn't wait for the bus. No. I picked up the phone and I told my best friend that I trust and she knows what is happening. She knew the importance and she was there. Till this day, I call her at 4 a.m., she'll answer. You don't have to do anything alone. It's your choice if you want to continue doing the lone wolf life. That's your choice. That's on you. But you don't have to. That's a choice. So if there was anything that I would maybe like, because I don't really have regrets, to be very honest. I know that sounds cliche. Like, oh my God, how do you not have regrets? Like, la 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 la, YOLO, right? Like, I don't have regrets because all the choices that I have made and that I continue to make, I walk with love over fear. And this is something that, that I tell my clients as well. And there's a lot of deep conversations that come with this. So love over fear is trusting that you are making the decision that you want. Not that your parents want, not that your significant other wants, not that your kids want, not that you. That's the love because it's coming from you. You are the person that you, you tame, you tame that choice and you say, yes, this is the choice that I wanted to make at some, in some shape or form. And at some time in your life, that was the choice that you decide to make. I understand that many decisions that we make sometimes become very difficult to handle after because we did not realize the repercussions or we didn't know the person or we didn't know the situation 1000%. But yet again, it is not, that was not up to us. That was not up to us to know all the things. And making a decision with the fear of the unknown, my friend, that is just life. That is just what everybody just calls life. You're continuously making decisions. So you might as well make the decisions to freaking take care of yourself. You might as well make those decisions because that again is something that you can control. I moved to, I moved, and, and this is this is the, the like last part of this. I had gotten out of my debt right before I moved to Spain. I worked three jobs while the entire time that I was at Wayne State. And mind you, I was doing 12 to 18 credits per semester. So what, what was supposed to be six years, I did in four years because of that, because I also felt like I needed to prove that I am someone, which maybe that can be another whole podcast episode within itself. But I felt like I needed to prove someone something that I can do whatever I put my mind to and I can do it faster and better than everybody else. Okay, well, that just like burned me to the ground. It did nothing else because no one, no one stood and applauded me that I finished in four years. Like no one, absolutely no one, not my mom, not my dad, not no one. Okay. And that's what ended up happening. And all the, all the decisions of the working, the three jobs and like, so I'd go to school and then I would work at the, I was a gymnastics, a gymnastics coach. And then I'd work at a bar 
And then I used to work at a club. And like literally, like I was like the VIP hostess. Like that's what I did at the clubs, you know? And why? Why did I work those jobs? Why did I, like, were they fabulous? Absolutely freaking not. Absolutely not. But I was like, these are the choices that I need to make right now because this is fast cash and that I need to get out of this debt. And yet those were my times where I had the biggest issues because again, you need to come back to yourself. It's not creating someone new. You are, you are coming back home, as I say. You're coming back home. Get back in touch with the things that you like to do. Art, maybe it's taking pictures, maybe it's doing DIY projects around your house, maybe it's crocheting, maybe it's doing content, maybe it's podcasting, maybe it's flipping around and tumbling, maybe it's doing hair, maybe it's doing makeup, maybe it's helping people, maybe it's not helping people, maybe it's writing a book, maybe it's writing a, I don't know, I don't know, I'm just bouncing off ideas, the things that come on top of my head right now. Come back to yourself, come back to the things that make you, you. Their circumstances are always going to change. You, no one, no one becomes, we, we choose to become a wife or a husband. We choose to become, in most cases, we choose to become parents, again, in most cases. We choose to become these things. But what we don't choose to do is, or it really kind of slides off this list of things that we do in our lives or the joy of things is the things that initially make us us. So even if I was eating healthy, yet I was in debt, I was still having problems, y'all. That was not that that was the beginning of me being consistent in my gut health journey. It was the beginning. And it literally started off with in the DIY, DIYing my gut health journey. I literally talked about it in there. I literally started with broth. That's it. That's it. I didn't start with anything else. Started with broth. Because that's something that I already knew how to make because of my mom. We come back to ourselves and we say, okay, what are the things? And we continuously show up for ourselves. Those are the choices. Those are the things that make us us. And then when we choose to become a significant other and we decide we decide that this is the right time because that's another thing. There's no such thing as we, we're going to decide that it's the right time. It is never the right time. It is never the right time to start a program. It is never the right time to become a wife or a husband. It is never the right time to become a mom or a dad. It is never the right time to have a pet. I swear, if there's anything that I've learned from all of this, is there's never the right time ever. It's that in our heads, we're like, oh, I guess... I guess now is better than ever. Ha ha ha. Do the thing. Do the damn thing that brings you happiness and joy. You'll figure it out. Our brains are literally so amazing. We are literally, we are superhuman. We don't even know it. We are so full of capacity. And our brains know exactly what to do as long as we make the first move. And so that was that. And that was my first move is escaping that that relationship. The second one was now living by myself. The third one was deciding to make broth. And the fourth one was moving to Spain. And now here we are. So all that, all those first moves and those, you know, little steps, it took me seven years, okay? Again, do not compare timelines. Do not compare timelines. But what I am saying is that if you are here and you're like, oh my God, this is taking me such a long time. It took me seven it took me, the person that has education, me, took me seven years. 
So if it's taking you one year, if you like my clients, I always say this to my clients, like, oh my gosh, in one year, like I have achieved this, this, this. And I'm like, this is, this is why we do what we do because we are collapsing in half, maybe even more the time that it is taking your body and your mind to literally do the work. You are, we are collapsing the time. And I think that within itself is much more beautiful than continuously trying to do things by yourself and continuously living in the fear. What I urge you to do today is think about how you are walking with love over fear in your relationship, in your friendship, in all the ships, in all the ships, <laughs> all the ships of life, your job, motherhood, fatherhood. How are you showing up with love over fear? Don't be scared. Don't be scared of your child climbing up. My, my child literally climbs up our refrigerator, literally. Don't be afraid of that. Walk with love over fear. They want to climb. They want to, I don't know, get something in the fridge. Okay, what is it that you need? We don't need to always be in this fight and flight. And that's that next thing, saying, I don't always need to be in that fight and flight. I can just, this is supposed to happen, and that's okay. What are we going to do about it? Again, bring it back to you. Bring it back to you. You have that choice. You are capable. Maybe that's the mantra for today. You are capable. If you have made it this far into the show, thank you. Thank you so much. I really urge you to check out the show notes and I would love to hear your thoughts about today's episode. Until then, I'll see you guys on the next one. See you.